Welcome to this week's edition of Coach Prep. Coach Don and I are here in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio getting ready to record episode number 78. We're going to talk to our coaching friends about strategies to use, uh, things to be thinking about when your team is not having the success you want to have. Before we do that, let's talk about our sponsors. First off, the Anderson Bat Company. Everything Fast Pitch is proud to announce that the Anderson Bat Company is becoming our presenting sponsor. In 2021, Anderson is producing the minus 9 Rocket Tech, the minus 10 Carbon, and the minus 11 Carbon Light. You get all the power with a great feel. It's the latest and greatest bat technology. Check out andersonbat.com if you have any questions. And let's talk about Patreon, Don. Patreon.com slash Everything Fast Pitch. If you're in a position where you can become a patron and help support Everything Fast Pitch and Coach Prep, Coach Don and I would really appreciate it. Uh, We're doing everything we can to uh, maintain our free status to stay on this side of the paywall. The more help we get from our patrons, the better off we are. There are a lot of expenses and things that go along with producing the podcast each week. And uh, Coach Don and I certainly do appreciate our patrons. They're keeping us moving, keeping us uh, growing, and trying to continue to develop more and more things for Everything Fast Pitch and and Coach Prep. So if you can, go to patreon.com slash everythingfastpitch and become a patron. So Don, you're coaching, right? You're losing. That's never fun. And And I think this applies to all levels of our business and all levels of coaching. I think that there's different challenges depending upon the level that you're coaching at so let's say your team's not winning very much but you don't like to or hesitate to make changes to your lineup to give other kids chances to give other players opportunities so i guess the question is is it insane for a coach or is it the explanation for a coach sticking with a team no matter what whether they're winning or not well, I think that's kind of tough, and depending on what level we're playing, Tori, uh, you know, if we are out there and our goal and objective is to win, then uh, you know, then I think that we are always going to pick the players that we think are going to give us the best chance right. based on what we see at practice, potential, and whatever our opponents. Right, and the school ball be. setting yeah. is is different because you're seeing kids every day, whether it's a high school program or a college program. You know, when we were co- coaching at the college level, we were practicing with the kids about 130-ish days a school year. We knew who was going to yeah. give us the best chance. And so we knew those players and their skills inside and out. So I think for the college coaches, the high school coaches that are seeing kids on a regular basis, they've got a deeper pool of knowledge to draw from that they see on an everyday basis in practice that makes them confident that they're making decisions that give them the best chance to win, that they're, they think sure. they know who their best players are. But even in that situation, but definitely, let's say, in like a travel ball, rec ball situation where you've maybe practiced once a week, you know, maybe you've had... Ten times before yeah, the season. Maybe, maybe ten times, probably yep. more like three or four times before. And now we're into this schedule and we're playing, you know, like our regular league schedule. Maybe we're playing once a week, maybe we're playing twice a week. Well, because we're playing a couple of times a week, maybe we're practicing even less. Sure. So now we've got a limited opportunity to evaluate the player's skills away from game day. Does it make more sense in that situation if things aren't going well with the starting nine to try different combinations? Well, I think if if we're losing, it's kind of difficult for those that aren't getting a chance to play to to feel good about having sacrificed just being a part of the team and being on the bench, right? It would it would feel at least a little bit better on their end if they had a chance to uh, show their skills or you know, maybe become one of those starters. So, right. Yeah. Well, and I think that's where the, the, the challenge is. So I think that for coaches, when things aren't going well on game day, the 
temptation is to you know stick to your guns and think that you know your initial decisions, your initial judgments were correct, and to just try to hold true to that, thinking, well, okay, I'm because we're going to win one here. Yeah, eventually, yeah. you know, the, they'll they'll show that I was right. Eventually, they'll show that my evaluation of them was was correct. But I think that if we're going to stick to our guns and think that our evaluation was correct, then we need to be communicating with the players and the parents of the kids that aren't playing as much or aren't playing at all why they're not playing and what we need them to do if they want to change their situation. You know, the uh, harsh reality of it is if a team's not playing well, it's easy for people to second guess the decisions that you make as a coach because it's, it's logical if the first player isn't playing well that another player would do at least the same. Not well. <laughs> right, at least, at least the same, and pro- potentially do something better. And I think what happens with us as coaches is you know, we get it in our head that you know player A is better than player B, and we kind of have a hard time getting past that and start to see that player B might you know, be able to do some things or contribute in some ways that maybe we didn't see at first, uh, at first evaluation. Well, I was going to say, too, and Tori, if our team philosophy and goals were to win as much as we could this season you know that's important to make it to the championship and things like that there's more justification and not giving everybody a chance maybe but right if our goal is to develop players and to have fun and to create a a neat activity and an environment for kids to engage and in that sport then you know i think we need to open it up a little bit and and share some of that playing time right well, so let's just talk about coaching attitudes for just a quick second, because you said something that I think was interesting. I don't think anybody who's coaching coaches thinking they're not going to win. Right. I don't think anybody signs up for it. Even the dad who gets called on Thursday and says, you know, because the other coach <laughs> quit no and the first game is Saturday and, and you got to show up on Saturday and, and, and coach the team. I think even that dad or that mom shows up on Saturday thinking, well, I'm going to figure this out and we're going to win. Try to win. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think for all of us, no matter what level we're playing at, whether it's rec league, um, little league, you know, entry level travel ball or high level travel ball, we go out to the ballpark thinking that's that why winning keep, is a high priority. That's why we keep score, right? Right. Yeah. And because we are keeping score, we're trying to think of every way we possibly can. So I think that that attitude is kind of built into everybody that's coaching is that we want to win. And I sure. think winning is fun for everybody. It's more fun for the kids. It's more fun for the coaches. It's more fun for the parents. Now, obviously, every team isn't going to be in a position where they can win, but I think for us as coaches, if we're struggling, that we have to either, one, have a system in place where we're letting players know why they're not playing so that they can work on things and try to improve things to give them a better role or a bigger role in the team, or we have to be a little bit more open-minded and come up with a strategy to give some of these other kids an opportunity. I think it's true of every team. Every team has a top-half or a top third, middle third, bottom third is probably a good way to put it. I think every team has three or four kids that are clearly the best. I think every team has three or four kids that are clearly the worst. And I think that every team has three or four kids in the middle that nobody can tell for sure. You know, they could move up to the top group. Could do either. Or they could drop down to the bottom group. And so for coaches, if you're struggling, here, here would be my solution for you. If you're really sure that you know who the four best kids are, they can keep playing, and they can keep playing the important position. Mm-hmm. Right, you can keep your best kid at shortstop. You can keep your best kid at pitcher. You can keep your best kid at catcher, and you can keep your other best kid in center field. And then with the middle four and the bottom four, let's spend a little bit more time interchanging them and moving them around and and trying some different combinations with them until they either 
prove that they deserve to move up or prove that they deserve to move down and kind of just keep it uh, in a little bit more of a fluid state. I instead like of, the way you're, yeah. you're putting the, yeah, putting so that instead, together. Instead of going out there and saying, these are my starting nine, boom. You know, and, and you can say whatever you want to, but let's go out there and, and in your mind, know, okay, these are my starting five, and these are my eight others. And out of those eight others, we're going to do different combinations, different things. You know, different kids are going to play left field. Different kids are going to play right field. Different kids are going to play first base. You know, different kids are going to play whatever you think are the positions where you can, can kind of rotate them in and get them in and out of the game and use that as a strategy to try to do some different things to see if maybe you have done all that you can to put the best team on the field that you possibly can. And if nothing else, I think it's going to be a much happier, more uh, cohesive group and a much easier team to coach because you're not going to have three or four kids that are really frustrated and upset because they never play. I think you're going to have a chance to keep everybody on board. Right. Yeah. And, nice. and maybe you do uh, uh, tie that in with the, the system of, of still communicating with those kids. Um, I mean, obviously, I would think that if you're coaching, every kid on the team should know what you think their strengths and weaknesses are. For sure. So even your best kid should have like a homework list or a list of things, <clears throat> hey, you know, Don, you know, I think you're a really good player, but it would be good if you worked on your overhand throw. It would be really good if you worked on your backhand. It would be really good if you worked on blocking the ball more, whatever it is. But then also those middle kids and those you know, lower-end kids, the same thing. Now, it might be your lower-end kids are, you know, your homework this week is I need you to practice throwing. You know, I need you to throw three extra days this week and just see if you can keep the ball in the yard. Play catch with your dad, and if your dad doesn't have to ask the neighbor to throw the ball back out of the next yard over, let's work on that. So we've all done that one, right? Right. You know, if uh, the fence. if it's uh, you know, playing catch with your brother or sister on the uh, on the sidewalk out in front of the house, you know, let's work on making sure that your sister can catch the ball without having to leave the sidewalk this week. You know, and whatever it is, depending upon the level of kids that you're working with, so that they all have something to work on that they can kind of have as a fallback of things that they can be trying to do to help themselves. And then it also helps you kind of off the hook a little bit. If those kids then choose not to do any of the stuff you ask them to do, because you can ask, right? When the when the sorting out happens, when the the middle four and the bottom four clearly start to delineate themselves, then you know the question can be, well, have you been working on the throwing? Is your dad? How many times did your dad have to ask the neighbor to give him the ball back this week? Or were you out right. there even? And yeah. if it's like, well, none, because we didn't throw it all this week. Well, yeah. then you know, you know, do you really think so it's they're answering you know, their own? Yeah, do you really think there. it's fair for you to be upset about not playing? When if you're not working, if at you're it. not doing anything, yeah. you know, and so I think it's just it's a, a great way to kind of handle it when things aren't going well. You know, the different levels are going to have different guidelines, different coaches are going to have different visions. But let's just be honest: coaches want to win, kids want to win. It's more fun if we can have at least a little bit of success on the field. You know, sometimes we have to reframe what winning is, and it might be that today we don't throw any balls into the neighbor's pool. Right? You know, I mean, that might be our our win for the day. But let's start to think about ways to manage our teams a little bit better, give kids more hope and more opportunity if, they're, if things aren't going well, and to give them an opportunity to kind of improve their lot within the team. I like what you said there, Tori, about uh, you know, changing what a win is. Right. You know, if we're making fewer errors today, if we're getting more hits today, if we're walking fewer batters today, you know, that, that can be a, a win at the end of the day when we kind of recap the, you know, the, the games or the tournament. That's nice. I like yeah. it. So coaches, always thinking about ways to make your life easier, more successful, and a little bit happier. Um, so when you're struggling, when you're not winning as much as you want to, 
Uh, let's figure out ways to try to manage it, keep it moving in a positive direction, and try to keep the kids as hopeful as they can be, but still realistic about what they need to be working on. So hopefully that will lead you to a little bit more success and a little bit more fun. So Don, anything else for number 78? No, looking forward to another good week, Tori. So we'd like to ask you to please check out our sponsors, Anderson Bad Company. Please check us out at patreon.com. And as always, please check out our fastpitchprep.com website. Uh, you can order your Square Cuts training discs there. They're $49.95 a dozen. Um, as a listener, you can use your iListen21 discount, which will get you 10% off. Also can access the YouTube channel, which has tons and tons of videos, uh, different skills and drills and things that you can do for practices. And then also our blogs. Uh, there's about 600 blogs covering everything from recruiting to coaching to team building and just some funny stuff too. So for Coach Don McKinley and our producer Stan Lewis, this is Coach Tory in the Cherokee Batting Range Podcast Studio saying thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you again next week. <laughs>